0: Hey everybody, welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie, And I'm Savannah. And on today's episode, we will be talking to Heather from Sweet Heather Ann.
1: Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more and you do more. Send me your cake recipes. Send me everything you have. I Send me everything. You know, baking is... It's such a craft, all of your senses are involved, and it's such an expression, and it's cozy,
0: and it's so rewarding. Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way. Hey you guys, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Let's Talk Cake, a podcast by cakers for cakers. I'm Savannah, and I'm here with my mom, Carrie, and together we own the Dessert Studio in Utah.
2: So we had kind of a funny experience in the bakery this week. We had a pretty good-sized sugar cookie order, decorated sugar cookies. And so um, Savannah came over to work. The bakery is in my house, so she comes to my house to work. And uh, she showed up and said that she had watched an episode of Cold Case Files on
0: Netflix the night before, and she thought I might enjoy it. So So that's when I convinced her (laughs) to just watch one episode before we headed down to the kitchen. And so we did. And she loved it. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. So we watched another episode and then another. And I was down to just keep watching, finish off the series, do a major binge right there. And just start early the next morning, like 5 a.m., get the order done.
2: (laughs) I was not down to do that.
0: (laughs) But here's the thing. I despise cookies, eating them, making them. I hate cookies, but I love true crime. So I I was down to make this happen. But... She thought she thought she was the boss in that moment.
2: Oh, I guess I didn't do a very good job of teaching delayed gratification because there were two or three times that I said, let's go do the cookies and then we'll come back up and watch the the show. But she was having none of that. She wanted to go home when the cookies were done. So we had to watch anything we were going to watch before the cookies. So anyway, we ended up baking and decorating cookies into the evening. Yeah. But it was all right. It was fine. (laughs) And then at the end of the week, we had five one-tier cakes, and the majority of those orders were people who were letting us have creative freedom. Yes, which is so so fun fun
0: and needed sometimes, just because, I don't know, I feel like sometimes you get in the groove of just, okay, this is what this client wants, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, it was awesome just to have a full day in the kitchen. I mean, five orders, bake them that day, decorate them that day, but... It didn't feel like a long, hard day just because it was fun and we looked forward to being able to yeah. decorate them. Yeah. And, yeah. and we
2: each did our own little spin on them and we worked together and it was just one of those really good good days when it just really feels like we've done something kind of special but at the sure. end of the day. It was fun.
0: That's why we love cake. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway, so we're excited to talk to Heather from Sweet Heather Ann. She's super talented and pretty inspiring. She's been... Um, kind of an innovator I think. She's got some really cool things that she and her team have done and so let's get her on.
0: Hi Heather, how are you? I'm great. How about you? Good. We are thrilled to have you on and to talk about your creative process as a cake artist and just all of the good stuff. I'm going to be a fan
2: girl for just a minute because you are one of the ones I have been so excited to try to get on the <laughs> podcast cuz I've just I think your stuff is just amazing.
0: Oh, thank you very much. That means a lot. Yeah, beautiful work. But to just get started, do you want to just tell us about how you got started in the cake world and when that was and all of those details? Yeah, sure. Um, So
1: actually, I went to art school. um, And when I was in art school, I studied abroad in Italy. Um, And while I was there, I just got really interested in food. Um, And coming back, uh, the program I was in was just really open to trying all types of mediums. Um, And so I started actually working with food right while I was in art school. Um, And I started with some weird stuff like jello sculptures and chocolate molds and all these like conceptual pieces made out of food. But then as soon as I started doing cake decorating, I don't know, something just clicked for me. Um, it was a way that I could combine you know sculpture and painting and all these different things that I really enjoyed doing in one medium. Um, and then the other great thing about it was that after I graduated from school and I no longer had like the wood shop and the fiber studio and all these things at my fingertips, I definitely still have my kitchen. Yeah. Um, so making cakes is something I've been doing since 2005 when I was in college. Um, And I still really look forward to it, which is kind of cool. I still like new challenges. I still like trying new things. And so I feel like that was really lucky almost that I stumbled upon that when I did.
0: Very cool. So did it just start right away from kind of graduating art school and then just starting a business or how was that?
1: No. So after graduating college, um, actually, I had been walking around in Ann Arbor, which is where I live. And there was a sign on this door about like a new cake shop opening um, called Cake Nouveau. So I got really excited and I called them. um, And so I asked if I could volunteer. um, And she's like, no, I don't want volunteers, but you can come and work, you know, sometimes doing some projects. Um, And I also did that at pretty much, I did that at a lot of bakeries, almost every bakery in town. I asked if I could volunteer. Um, Some people just said no. Some people were like, great, this is perfect. So I got all these different experiences from different people. Um, And then the one I was mentioning before, Cake Nouveau, um, Courtney, the owner, had been doing... basically a series of Food Network challenges. She was a competitor. Um, So what ended up happening was I ended up being her assistant on some of those, which was really cool. And that experience is what I think made me want to open my own bakery. Um, Because I met all of these different people from all over the country who were really amazing cake artists, and they had businesses. And I just realized, like, if I wanted to do that, I wanted to just like make business my own. And I really cared a lot and still do care a lot about local food and high quality ingredients and knowing where your food is coming from. So I wanted to combine that love of food and you know the local economy and just the local environment um, with my artistic vision. And so I found that starting my own business was a great way for me to kind of do that.
0: What does your business look like right now?
1: Yeah, sure. So we have a great team here at Sweet Heather Ann. Um, So there are four like about six employees um right now is a little different because we um are kind of reduced hours because of all the COVID-19 stuff right um but generally um you know we have quite a few full-time people plus some part-time people um dishwashers and we really try to work as a team to execute all the cakes Um, very cool and that started I have been working like back when I was working out of my house which is a really long time ago like maybe 12 years ago. Um, I worked by myself then, but as soon as I got into a rented commercial kitchen space, I've always had at least two to three people kind of working with me on the cakes.
0: Okay.
2: So you're in, you're in a rented commercial space, but you're not actually a storefront. Is that
1: right? Well, we, this is actually our second location. Um, we have a, like, I don't know, we're on the main drag, which is really nice, um, but we're by appointment only. Um, so we did have a dessert counter for a little while that was only open Fridays and Saturdays. I think it was a really great way to connect with the community. Um, but since like over the t- over the years, we realized that having an online shop was actually better for us. Um, as I mentioned, we are right on main street, it's very high traffic area. So it's hard to actually get into our shop and it's not a great walking area either. Um, so it's great for, you know, scheduling a tasting or something, but it's not like there's just random people walking around, like wanting a day pastry. Um, so we've transitioned to mostly doing online ordering and then custom orders. So for our online shop, um, we take orders with three days notice. Um, so it's kind of helps um, for the people that didn't want to plan a custom cake like two weeks in advance or something like that. Um, and it's really specific things that we're offering. You can't customize it at all. So it's pretty much exactly the opposite of, you know, doing these really elaborate custom cakes, but it's a way people can work with us um, at a shorter time frame and also lower budget too. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that you're willing to work with different types of people because obviously with your big wedding cake orders, those will obviously be far in advance and you're working very creatively with that couple. But it's nice to see that you're also willing to work with people who, like you said, maybe don't plan ahead and just want a cake for a couple of days out. And so, yeah, I love that.
2: Do you, do you find that people respond pretty well to the three day thing or do you have a lot of people that are like even more last minute than that?
1: <laughs> Oh, there's definitely people that are way more last minute than that. Um, but I think that three days is something that we figured out was doable for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely know that we're losing that last minute business, but we we just realized that's not like, that's just not where we're going to, that's not the best for our team and for what we need to do um, and to allow for the time needed to execute the more elaborate cakes that we do. Yeah,
2: yeah for sure. So I have to ask when we first got going in the dessert studio we i noticed a few of your cakes so the basket the basket we won that was oh,
1: cool. a wedding cake i have to know how long that took oh my gosh it was at least 40 hours. I'm kind of like, it was maybe more. It was a long, long time. And it also took a lot longer than we expected. <laughs> so um, we had a lot of shifts. A lot of people worked on that cake. Um, but we were excited about it. Like luckily it was actually a Sunday wedding. Um, and so Sunday weddings for us actually feel a little easier. Sometimes it's a little extra time. Um, but so many people worked on that cake. It took forever. We were really proud of it, but it took a lot longer than we expected. <laughs>
2: So since it took longer than you expected, was it? Did did you? If you were to do it again, would you have to charge a lot more then?
1: Definitely, and that's why we've never done it again. <laughs> because <laughs> when we quote people a price, they're like, "Oh, it's a little more than I expected." Does <laughs> that happen to you opinion. a lot? Um, but we have a really specific system about how we price and it's always based on time and the number of servings. And so it's an easy way for us to make sure that we're able to be compensated for our time. Um, and then the way it works is like if someone doesn't want to pay that, we can always reduce you know, the labor involved and like see if they want that um but yeah we've never had anyone actually get that cake again <laughs> oh wow that that says a lot about that cake then doesn't it <laughs> yeah it was so much work and also just like major I mean everyone's wrists were cramping up like crazy yeah so sure. Not surprised it, like we were very proud of it it's really amazing looking um but it was not something I would attempt as a single artist either like I think you really needed a team to kind of pitch in and do some work on that little by little yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. for sure so going back to pricing for a minute, um, did you mention you price based on the slice? Is that what you said?
1: So, um, yeah, I have always done pretty elaborate work. Like I mentioned before, a lot of my work before was like sculpture and all this kind of stuff. And so I realized early on that pr- like a per slice fee wasn't going to work for the Type of work that I wanted to do. Um, And very specifically, I had an issue with one of our first wedding cakes that I gave a per slice fee. And they changed the cake from, I think, 150 servings to maybe 75, but wanted basically all of the same sculpted elements. It was just smaller. And I realized I wasn't able to be compensated fairly. And so I learned a lesson. I'm like, wow, there has to be another. Fee, it can't just be per slice fee if they've got all these sculpted elements. So I actually, you know, broke down the pricing to, you know, a per serving fee plus a design fee, which included an hourly rate for the amount of work I thought the cake would take. And it's always kind of a guess, you know. Like mm-hmm. for example, with that um, Ethiopian basket weaving cake. When we priced it we felt really good about that price when we actually went to do it it took a lot more time but then we learned from that and then the next time you know we don't make that mistake again um so it's always a guess like how long we think something will take but um that way you know it's also really easy to talk to our clients about you know what they're getting because um you know people come to us wanting these really elaborate things and we're able to work within their price budget but not give them that very elaborate thing they wanted and so a lot of times they're like well I actually really want this I'll pay for it I get it it's worth that to me or you know I could do something simpler that'll be better for you know the budget's more important for me so I think it's really helpful to have those you know two pricing structures that's awesome yeah
0: Yeah. so if you don't mind I'd love to hop back to just kind of talking about employees because I know for a lot of us bakers we it's A lot of the times a one-person show or a very small team. And so kind of if you could go into more detail of how you hire, what you're looking for in an employee, and kind of when you knew was the right time to hire someone.
1: Well, I guess I'll say that in the beginning when I got employees, it was very much um, not planned and trial and error. Um, but those were had some really great hires, it just from people who were interested in CAKE. They started volunteering and helping me. And then I ended up hiring them. Um, and that was very organic. It wasn't like putting out any um, hiring things. Now our process is a lot more specific to what we actually need. So for example, we're in the process of hiring a new business manager right now. Um, and the business manager at Sweet Heather Ann, you know, they wear a lot of hats, but they're really in charge of like, the finances. Um, They're in charge of all of our contacts with um, basically our clients, like billing, all that kind of stuff. And then also just looking forward and like bringing our business forward um, and trying to make sure that each year we get a little bit better. And, you know, Um, so it's a really big role. Um, And so we're hiring for that. And so I think the best advice is to hire for exactly what you need. Um, Because I think when I first started hiring, I used to try to write up, the hiring descriptions based on like what I thought people would want to do and then I realized no we need like this is a specific job and it's you know has a specific function and so you need to hire someone who wants that job right like for example you know for a long time we didn't have any dishwashers um, and it was always a shared role and I would do it and everyone else would do it and I think it was fine Um, and then one summer I realized that I was understaffed and I was kind of Upset about it because I realized I'm like, wow, everyone's gonna have overtime every week. You know, we just went through hiring, we don't really have time to do it again. It's a big process. And as I was doing this, I'm like doing dishes. And then it kind of dawned on me, I'm like, wow, what if I just hired someone to do dishes? Because that would give every other employee like another, quite a bit of extra time per week, you know? Um, And then that ended up being such a great thing because when you hire someone, specifically to do dishes, that's what they come to do. So they're not going to complain to do their job. They're not going to be like, oh, I've been doing more dishes than this other person, or I don't want to do them this week. It's always like, oh, this is my job. I'm coming to do my job and I want to do it well. And so I think the more specific you can get about what the job is and hiring for what you need, the better you're going to be on like getting a team that works well. That is such
2: that is such good advice. And I I'm sure that people who come and are doing the dishes may have an interest in other aspects of the cake business, but if that's what they're hired to do, they know that's what they're there to do. I think that's so good and probably makes it a lot a lot easier to, to be happy in their job, knowing that they're there doing what they were hired
1: for. Exactly. Yeah. And you just need to make sure that they have all the tools they need to do that job successfully. Um, and so we pretty regularly have gotten into having high schoolers as dishwashers. Um, and we have a local high school that's walking distance. And it's actually been a really great first job for a lot of people. Um, when we first did it, I was really nervous because the first person I got was like a friend of a friend. And when we asked him to sweep the floor, he didn't know how. And I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. But then I realized it was great because we taught him how to sweep the floor exactly how we wanted him to sweep the floor. And that was (laughs) the only way he did it, you know. And so I think it's actually almost an opportunity if it's like someone's first job because you can train them to do exactly you know, do things exactly the way you want, whereas if it's someone who's a veteran dishwasher that you're getting in, they're going to be taught like all these different things in all the different places they've been. And um, they're going to have expectations that are might be different than yours. And so I actually think it's great if you can train someone like for their first job and to do exactly what you want. um, It works pretty well. That's great. So does
2: that work the same way with your decorators? Do you train the decorators or do you hire people in that already know cake decorating?
1: A little bit of both. Um, I think that, and it really depends, like we don't live in a really big city. Um, and so it's also a really specific like, it's a very specific talent, you know, like, I think there's a lot of artists out there, but when it comes down to just being like veteran cake decorators, I don't think it's like, there's tons of us out there, you know? Um, and so I think something that we've been really trying to do for the past few years and with, you know, some successes, not all the successes is to make the training a lot better here. Um, because I realized in the very beginning, there was almost no training. It was like, uh you know I had this team we were all just like figuring things out as we went along. We really cared about our product, but there was no like it was very difficult to bring new people onto the team because there was all this information that we just understood together, but it wasn't written down. Um and so it just was really overwhelming to like join this team of knowledge where that wasn't written down. And so we've been really trying to um, make it more trainable. So I, the things I think that are trainable, I do think the online shop is a very trainable thing. These are all cakes that, you know, are made the same way every time. Um, you can have a picture of it, you can have all these details and like that's the stuff that's super trainable. I think it's much more difficult to train, you know, cake design, like a lot of the processes we do. But I think where we do for that is, you know, we have certain people that do know it better or have been doing it longer. And then we try to work as a team and support other people and so that they're like learning over time. But I think that that process is a lot longer than like the training for the online job.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it is because I've noticed a lot of your cakes are they're very artistic. And they're also a lot of them are very innovative, I think. And so that stuff that you're kind of developing as you go. So I would imagine yeah. I would imagine that's not always a trainable aspect. So,
1: but yeah, that's... I think that, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's something that I've, I took this business course, I think it's actually last year at this point, and And um, I've been really trying to like, you know, make the business just more sustainable and not so reliant on like, you know, me changing ideas every 30 seconds and like having a whim or whatever, you know, like having something that like is trainable. Um, But I think on the flip side of that, I do think some of like our strength comes from how we're able to kind of turn on a dime and, you know, respond to current things versus having a library of designs that we always do that become old after a while, you know?
0: know? Right. Yeah, for
1: sure.
2: Keep helps keep you inspired and, yeah. yeah.
0: So how long has Sweet Heather Ann officially been in business? You mentioned that you started out in your home kitchen, right? So kind of give us the timeline of that. Yeah, sure.
1: So it's actually – we just had our 10-year anniversary, okay. um, which is crazy because it sort of happened, like, right in the middle of all this COVID stuff. So we were going to do a party. We didn't do it. Um, but it was kind of a weird – it was weird. I thought a lot about it, like, 10 years Um Because part of me feels like I'm still kind of new at this. And then part of me feels like I've been doing it forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, like, I just feel like the 10-year mark was a big thing. Um, So, and I – that is from when I, you know, developed – basically open the business as an LLC. Like when I was doing cakes for my home, it was mostly just for friends and family. Okay. Um, and I didn't have, you know, a name for the business. And then, cause at the time when I started the cottage food law was not in happening. Like now you can actually have a home business. You weren't allowed to have a home-based business when I like 10 years ago. And so I've thought to me, like finding a kitchen was this really big deal. Like I had to do it so that I could basically take these next steps. Um, and so it's interesting because I think it was a year later that they did the cottage food law. So it all could have been very different, but.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very interesting.
1: So how big is your space? Uh, 1,400 square feet here. Okay. Um, so a lot of that's the kitchen. Um, uh-huh. We have a pretty small space up front where we meet people for tastings and where our dessert counter still is in the very rare times we do it it's really mostly for christmas now um and that's also where our business manager works um like there's a computer up here and then the kitchen is you know most of what we have and then we have like a back room for storage and stuff like okay. that
0: that's Great. cool. yeah it sounds like you've come a long way from just that kitchen in your home and i i love to just see the success that you're you're seeing i think it's so cool yeah
2: that's thank it. you
1: Quite a, a 10 year journey. <laughs> yeah.
0: For sure. I know. I mean it's crazy.
1: I like little, still think it's crazy it's been 10 years.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I and I totally understand what you mean. There are just there are just some things that it feels like it's been forever and yet at the same time it's still it it seems like it just started almost. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's so many parts of life. I have to ask, I noticed a few uh I guess when did, did you get married like a year or a year and a half ago? Almost
1: exactly a year. Yeah. June okay. 29th.
2: So did you do your wedding cake or did you have someone on your staff do your wedding cake?
1: Oh, the whole team worked on it, okay. which I was really cool. Um, I actually really loved that aspect of it and just being able to, Um, and I actually mean the whole team. I had, a, I had the dishwashers work on it too. I just was like, <laughs> everyone needs to do this, like have some part of it, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it was a, it was a really beautiful cake. Yeah, it was very sure. cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about sequins. Oh, yeah. So sequins are something actually that Katie, who's um, a cake decorator on our team, she came up with quite a while ago now. Um, So we had been like we had done sequins in the past, but we'd always cut them out of fondant. And I just never loved them. I thought they looked really heavy. They were kind of tedious. You know, I kind of stopped doing them. And so something we do very frequently is take, you know, a dress like a dress from the bride um and kind of adapt that into a cake and I had kind of just stopped even looking at the sequins thinking well they, they aren't making it better so you know we'll just focus on other details and then one day Katie was like oh you know I think the sequins are actually a really big part of this design I'm going to figure out a way to like incorporate them and I'm like I don't know like they always look so heavy and she's like oh I think I can make it not look as heavy and so then she did wafer paper and I was like and it really was the best part of that cake, basically. Like when she did it, I w- we were both like, oh my gosh, how has no one done this? And maybe people had, I don't know, but we had never seen it. Um, and we just knew that it was something to explore more. And so, something we do a lot here at Sweet Heather Ann is try to do photo shoots or just try to, like, basically during our winter season, kind of expand on what we do and like get better as artists. And so we worked through this winter season where we did different photo shoot cakes and all this stuff and really experimented with sequins in different ways. And that's when Katie thought, oh, why don't I try gelatin? And again, so we had seen gelatin sequins before and I really disliked them because they had been made where people just did like drops of gelatin. And I also thought those looked like really clunky, and I didn't like them. I was like, oh, you tried them before. I really didn't like them. She's like, oh, I have a new way. And so then she tried that, and it was, like, really, really cool because of how shiny they are. Um, so, like, all of it was just kind of us playing around, trying to be creative, um, really, especially with the sequence, It was definitely, like, Katie's thing where she was like, I'm going to use an 80s sweater and really, you know, make this thing fully covered in sequins. And, you know, it was just, playful and fun and really like trying to be innovative.
2: Well, the sequins were amazing and they they inspired me. I wanted to try the sequins. And so I actually messaged Katie after one of her one of the cakes got posted and she so kindly shared with me a little bit about it. And and then when you did your sequin tutorial, I took that too. So I'm excited to try the gelatin ones because we've done the, the wafer paper, but we haven't done the gelatin yet. And I just think I think it's so cool that you are innovative and you've come up with something that's new and you're totally willing to share it so that other people can learn it also. And I just think that that's such a such a good trait. And it's just so. Thank you. Yeah, it's just so great. And they're so beautiful. And I I, they're just really do those take a long time when you're assembling them? Because I know we've done a couple of smaller, smallish versions, but you've done some big ones.
1: So again, I think what helps is that we they're actually something that's a really easy team project. Like, let's say you're doing, I don't know, like a buttercream oil painting or any kind of painting project, you kind of have to have one person on that, because everyone's going to have a little bit of a different style. And it's not better or worse. It's just different, right? Right. Sequin is just anyone can do it, right? Like, and it's not going to look a lot different than someone else's work. And so those are the takes that we you know, do as a team, um, and are also really great, you know, like training cakes, right? Like I think it's pretty easy to learn how to, you know, apply the sequence versus how to do a full painted cake on your own or something like that. Right. So they end up being really good for a team to work on.
2: Cool. Very cool. That's, that's neat. So just for our listeners, we're going to be linking Heather Ann's, um, tutorial about her sequins on the show notes so you can go to that and see how to do it yourself and get inspired because they're they're beautiful and they're they're actually a lot of fun yeah
0: thank you so speaking of tutorials do you have anything in the future that you're you're planning on as far as teaching or anything
1: Yeah, actually. So we're working on developing tutorials right now, actually. Um, And so first off, I started with that sequin tutorial just to kind of get the feel for, you know, working in front of the camera. um, Because the sequins are actually fairly simple when it comes down to it. And it was kind of a good starting point. Um, And then I just finished up a series of webinars that I did to basically kind of test out some material and get feedback with a smaller group. And um, so we've been doing classes for a really long time um, in person, but I feel like there's so much involved in like I'll teach something and then I'll see someone do it and then I'll be able to adapt to like exactly what they need. And so I think it's really important to me and the tutorials that we come out with that people are able to actually execute things um, even though I'm not there to kind of give them feedback on that. Um, And so that's kind of what the webinar series was for is to get as much feedback as possible. And now we're working on, you know, our first bundle of tutorials that should be coming out fairly soon, um, especially once this podcast is aired. Um, And if you sign up for that Sequin tutorial, you'll automatically get added to our email list where you can learn about our other tutorials. So
0: perfect. So sign up, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, it was really it was
2: really well done. And it was easy to understand and i i thought it was i thought it was great i really enjoyed it so oh good and honestly, yeah just- and i'm
1: excited like if you have feedback once you try it too like again that's like a big thing for me is i want to make sure that when people get the tutorials they're able to do it and i feel like especially for the sequence people so many people have been doing it and sharing their pictures which is really cool and if you tag us on instagram sweet heather Ann, i do try to share that work in our stories um because it's, it's also really cool for us like you know, we're this little shop in Ann Arbor and then all over the world now, people are making this product that we created and it's really cool, so. Definitely,
2: yeah. All right. Well, so you've got tutorials in your future. Is there anything else that you see in the future for Sweet Heather M?
1: Well, right now, you know, is a really unique time for the business, um, specifically with all the COVID-19 stuff. Um, Pre-COVID-19, we were really trying to focus on you know, just getting more into teaching in general, we added, we started doing master classes, which is, we actually have some of those available now too, where we're doing in-person classes. Um, the one we have for November is our, called our textile cake master class. Um, and basically it would be a two day class where we're teaching you how to, from start to finish, sort of design, you know, a textile cake with sequins and piped embroidery all the way through execution and then really work with you to kind of hone your skills. Um, and we really do want to start Doing more teaching in general, both internationally and at our shop. Um, But I'm not sure actually how that will go um, with the in person classes, just with all the stuff for COVID. So we're kind of putting that not as it's still coming, but it's maybe not our focus right now. Mm -hmm. I think a big focus right now is to just try to get through this crisis. You know, we had so, like, we do a lot of weddings, and so we're working on tons of rescheduling agreements, tons of postponements, like, you know, trying to make sure that everyone doesn't actually try to want the same date um, for next year um, at the same time, and that we can actually do it all. So we're really trying to focus on, you know, getting it back up to the health where we're at. And then I think, you know, we'll get more into the teaching again.
0: Yeah. So how are you dealing with that kind of with postponements? And I don't know about you, but we've received lots of like, Second postponements or like third postponements, yes. and so it yeah. is tricky, and it's it's hard to know what to do in that situation. So, what what advice do you have for that?
1: So, my advice is so basically, you have a contract, and you have you know stick to what you're on your contract, but also be empathetic to the fact that people are having a really hard time right now. Right. Um. So we had a hard time in the beginning because you know obviously we have. we've We've never had trouble standing behind our contract of like not canceling at certain times. But, you know, it's weird for all these people to be actually moving their dates. And so like, you know, you were required to give us this much to save this date. But now you don't even have that date anymore. And like, how does this stuff work out? So we have been, you know, basically holding people to contracts when possible. Otherwise, we've been giving them options on what they can do to try to either use the money they've already spent because we take pretty substantial deposits up front or add on to their very small order um, as an option to them um, because, you know we basically won't survive if everyone shrinks to like a 20 serving cake that was, was going to have a 200 serving cake, you know, like right, yeah, absolutely. we already took all this money and we can't give it all back basically. And so um, where contracts have stood, like we've, you know, just basically told them what the, processes. Any person that reschedules, um, they have to reschedule at 75% of their original order. Um, And we've been giving a lot of options for them in terms of add-ons, whether that's like shower cakes or, you know, favors or anything they can do, like more design on their cake, you know, we're doing that kind of stuff and people are signing it like at 75%, which is just to really cover the fact that like, we're already reserving their date and we had planned on a much larger cake.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, it's been a lot. And the other thing we've been doing is be trying to stay ahead. So I think it's better for us to come to them and say, Hey, these, we know this is a hard time. You know, we have, we developed this rescheduling process and this is how it works. And we want to work with you you know, to get you in whatever date you can. So we, you know, just instead of them having to come to us and say, Oh, we're so bummed. We have to reschedule. We want a tiny cake or we want to cancel, you know, like we're trying to like be on the forefront.
2: That's, that's really good advice. (laughs) Um, it, this has been such a tricky time and I have felt really bad for brides, but we're also running a business. And so it's nice to hear, it's nice to hear some concrete tools that you used to, um, both be empathetic to the situation for them, but also make sure that you're looking out for you and your employees, because this is um, I think it's hard for everybody sometimes when we're all kind of hurting through it to remember that everybody's kind of hurting through it. So.
1: Yeah. And that's been a big thing too with the team. Like that's, I mean, that's actually been one of the hardest parts for me is um, how drastically our income has suffered right like we were able to get a ppp loan which is really great and then they extended it and so we're trying to use the benefits for a longer period of time just to make sure this business will continue to be here um but that's been really hard you know like we found something called the Workshare program and so you know we've reduced hours and then they're getting partial payment from the government but that really only lasts to the end of july and so what i found you know, it's not perfect, but I've just been trying to be as forward as possible with everyone about, like, our current financial situation, you know, how we're, why we're making decisions that we are. You know, we did actually close for at least a month um, in the beginning, and then everyone had to be laid off. So that is hard. Like I never expected to lay off my whole team. You know what I mean? Like that's stuff you don't. And like, I think the thing that was the hardest, I guess, I mean, again, like each thing, things like the hardest, it felt like so hard to shut down and lay everyone off. And then it felt so hard to be in that same situation a few months later after you'd brought everyone back because like, the loan isn't actually the length you need to, for this business to bounce back, like as a wedding driven business. And so I just feel like I've had to make more hard decisions in a row than I've ever had to make in the 10 years of owning
2: this business. Yeah. Year 10 is a good one for you, isn't it?
1: (laughs) No, It's just crazy. Like I've never would, you know, I think on one hand, like, you know, we could step back and really examine, you know, what's working and what's not working. Um, we, during the quarantine, added a lot of very small items like cookie decorating kits and um, we had a cake club that was really successful and, you know, all these really tiny cakes and we're doing a lot of them, um, but we never were able to bring our income up until like, it was always about at a third, even though we were like working, working our butts off, but it was like kind of a third of what we would normally make, um, but similar amounts of hours. So we're like, okay, That was the quarantine phase. We need to do a new phase now where we're actually doing stuff that works better for, you know, what we do here. Like we're not like a factory. We don't just like churn out cookies. So how do we get, some sort of an event back like so we put some stuff on our website that are, is actually designed for small intimate weddings of either 34 or 35 or 50 servings we're working with a local florist so that someone can get a full package if they just want to celebrate their wedding day even though they're not necessarily you know mm-hmm. doing their big wedding um, we've also joined a collective that's sort of doing the similar thing where you can, you know, basically at all your vendors for a small wedding at your house. And we're trying to do anything we can to actually like get ourselves out there for this time, because as someone that has really thrived on very, like not a ton of events, but like larger budget events, you know, we, it's really hard to make up that much money when you're trying to do like a, t- a bunch of tiny cakes. Like you just need to, your reach needs to be so much bigger. Absolutely.
2: Totally, totally understand that. And it's just yeah. It's this time has stretched us, I think, in the business and so much because I I mean, most of the time, if business is running smooth, we can think, oh, what cool things can we experiment with on the cake artistically? But this time is really forcing most of us to really have to think hard about how can we survive and use our creativity in in ways that are completely different than just on the cake. Yeah. So
1: I think what's worked best for us especially in like the quarantine part is really directly asking you know either through a newsletter or through Instagram or anything like asking what people are looking for Um, because that's how we did the cookie kits like I was never thinking oh let's make cookie kits but people said oh it'd be really cool to have at-home cookie kits I'm like okay we'll try it whatever it might work and then it was like we put them up on the website And honestly, like I spent an entire day printing the orders because we got so many orders at one time. Like I think we might have gotten like 30 orders in one day, which is really, really high volume for a place like us that might do like four to eight weddings per week or something, you know. So, um, you know, like really directly asking what people need. And so that's what I'm trying to do now. But I just don't think people know what they need yet because I think it's like, you know, there's the regulations change like daily almost sometimes. And so I'm like, for here in Michigan, we had this really strict stay home order. And then all of a sudden, one day, they're like, okay, we're allowing events for 100 people. And we had been preparing for a long time for very small events, right? And this is 100 people outside only. But we're like, okay, so the next phase is probably going to be 50 people. Like right now, we're at 10. What do we and so we had all this stuff in the works for 50 people, and then they, they make it 100. So I think it's really hard. You know, for the clients too, to know like if they can have their wedding or not have their wedding. There's just a lot of uncertainty.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's, we're having to be flexible and we're having to learn how to pivot really quickly.
1: <laughs> really quickly. Like some of the stuff we do, it's like works for one week and it's a really good week and the next week it's obsolete. And that's just crazy. Like when does that ever happen in a
0: business? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you just mentioned Sweet Other Anne usually has four to eight weddings a week. So I yeah. have a question about deliveries because I know for us, I like, I would never want to let someone else deliver a cake that I've been working on. <laughs> so oh, yeah. do you have, do you have like a specific employee that like, all right, they're great at deliveries. I trust them or, or is everyone pretty equipped to do a delivery? Well, <laughs>
1: Um, so there's definitely training around deliveries and, no one goes on a delivery on their own unless they feel comfortable. I think for us, the biggest part about deliveries that is difficult is that we do pretty elaborate floral decorations on our deliveries a lot of the time um, and so that has been i think one of the harder things to train because you know if someone who's already trained in doing deliveries is doing that on their own, no one's there to see that process and so it is a lot of work to like get people. Up to where they feel confident, um, you know, with deliveries. I think, but again, also some of the people I've hired, yeah, they were already trained and like had been doing cakes for a long time, so that those people were a little easier to train. But if it's just a totally new experience, um, and at first, I, I think all of this was a little confusing to me, the whole training thing, because I'm pretty much entirely self-taught, and so I was never trained to do like anything. Um, and so I just think I just didn't understand what people meant. Like they needed this training. I'm like, oh, I can't just figure it out, you know, because <laughs> that's what I was doing. But it's very different to be like an employee and trying to do it. It's it's very different to be an employee working at a business that's been here for a long time that has a certain way they do things. You know, you can't just like figure it out on your own. Um, so that was sort of unfair for me to think that. You know, I was never trained. Why do you have to be trained? I think that was like, you know, a long time ago. I just didn't understand necessarily like how to be a good trainer and how to give my employees the tools they needed to do a good job.
2: Sounds like you've learned so much over the years of different aspects of the business. And it, I, it's, it's awesome to see the success you're having. Can you, um, so tell us, how do you feel about cake? How has cake affected your life or oh. impacted your mm-hmm. life?
1: Well, I mean, I feel incredibly lucky to be in this career um, because I still get excited to do my job, you know, all the time. Like I love making cakes, I, especially wedding cakes. I think that's really where um, I my interest has lies now. Um, I like working with the couples. I like coming up with new techniques and designs. And I like really hitting the mark where – you know, when you get that feedback that someone's like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I was looking for. Actually, even, um, so we we switched to virtual tastings, which I didn't love because I really like, you know, in-person stuff, but obviously you have to do what you have to do with this crisis. Um, And so I didn't think I was as good at designing during these virtual tastings, but the very last one I did um, actually said to me, they're like, wow, I cannot believe that you just drew this design that's exactly what I want even though I couldn't really tell you what I wanted and that's like what I'm going for I want to I don't want someone to bring me a picture and say like I want this exact thing because that's pretty boring for us and someone else has already done it I want to I want to learn who you are and what you love and design something totally custom for you that you'll never be able to do again because how often do you get this like experience where it's just exactly for you, right? Like if you're buying a couch or something, no one's going to be like, "Wow, what are all your things you need to make you the exact couch?" You know, you don't get that. You know, I mean, some maybe somewhere, but generally this really custom work is really special, and I want that this to be that for our clients.
2: That's awesome. Well, we really appreciate you taking time to talk to us today and we're excited for everyone to to go take your sequin course and watch other tutorials and we really yeah it's 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 just exciting to see people who are a little bit farther down the road than we are right now and the the way that they've managed their business and there's just so much that we can all learn and so thank you for sharing your story with us.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And about that, I think that, you know, I am 10 years in, I learned so much of this by just trial and error. And there was plenty of error. Um, So I just think it's good to put that out there that, um, yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs running a business. But if it's what you love, it's totally worth it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you. It's so nice to meet you both. Thank you, Heather. That was so awesome with so much good information. And as for the challenge this week, she had some really good insight about her contract um, and how during the coronavirus and this pandemic and all of the postponements, her contract has come in very clutch and yes. it's helped a lot in this situation. And so for the yeah, for this week's challenge, we just kind of want to Remind ourselves and everyone to get a good contract. Maybe you already have one, but review it and make sure that you yourself as the baker are protected because that's really the most important part of the contract.
2: And along that line, we noticed that Emerly, who was a guest on the podcast a few weeks ago, she has a YouTube channel and she is... um, she's posted recently she posted a cake contract tutorial where she actually goes through each section of her tutorial each section of her contract on the tutorial and goes through what needs to be done to protect the client and the baker and she also has a template that she has downloaded on there so that you can load it and use that as a guide for yours and so we're going to take this challenge this week because watching watching her tutorial, I realized that we've got a few holes in our contract that we probably need to tighten up. And so this week's challenge is to go over your contract, make sure it's good to go and make sure that you're protected. And or
0: get a contract. Yeah. I think a lot of people, maybe just like people who majority do celebration cakes, maybe don't necessarily have a contract. But I think even for just the smallest order, I think it's important to just have it clear what the client can expect of you and what you're expecting of the client. And so, yeah, yeah. anyway,
2: so yeah, that's the challenge for this week. So we will be doing it with you Mm -hmm. and hopefully we can all do a good job of getting our contracts in better shape
0: for sure. But we are so excited for next week when we will be talking to Carissa from Carissa cake company and she has a whole new story. She has a cake food truck And so we are just so super excited to hear a little bit more about how her business is run in a food truck and all the details of that. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. So we also want to thank all of you for listening and we would encourage you to subscribe and leave a review if you're enjoying it. And thanks to Corey, our producer. And thanks to all of you. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Hey, everyone. This is producer Corey. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Also, subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again and we'll see you next Tuesday.